Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello, and welcome to Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio. I think today's show will be very enlightening. At least I hope it is, because I'm bringing something that rarely hits the headlines that is very, very important. In fact, it has been called a pandemic of its own. I'm bringing that to the airwaves today, and I hope it will be of use for you and that you'll find uh, empowerment with what I'm about to talk about, because it is a little bit unnerving when you start to look at the numbers, but uh, I'm going to help you understand what you can do to protect yourself, protect your family, and uh, help to protect our environment and our world through your choices as we uh, navigate this uh, specific topic today. I'll get into that in just a moment. I'm also going to talk about what I call the next five. If you're familiar with the vital five that I've discussed for years on this show, the next five are things that I consider not quite important enough, big enough, I don't know how to word it, to claim a position in the vital five, but these are five things that I think have incredible merit, things that I use myself that I think are uh, very, very critical to a lot of people and in some cases may even be more important than the vital five, depending on your health history. But these are basically five supplements that I think have incredible value, and I'm going to explain in some minor detail today what they can do for you before I dig into them deeply on their own individual shows later on moving forward. But before I get into all that, of course, remember that Vitality Radio is brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful. We have now hit 43 years old. Oh, 43 years old. Man, I had to take a breath. That's incredible. Vitality Nutrition, the store that my parents built that I took over about 25 years ago, is 43 years old. That is unbelievable. Little independent mom and pop health food store that was started by people that didn't know what they were doing. And we're still here. Thanks to people like you. Thank you so much for your support of Vitality Nutrition over the years, whether it's by listening to Vitality Radio or by shopping at Vitality Nutrition. You and people like you have been the ones that have helped us stay around for all these years and as such, we've been throwing a huge birthday party. Now, a lot of businesses call their, you know, their year, their next year, uh, their 43rd year, in this case, an anniversary. And I don't know why, but I just think birthdays are more exciting than anniversaries in terms of the celebration, right? Usually an anniversary is celebrated by a smaller group, oftentimes just two people. Sometimes just one person, depending on what the anniversary is of. But birthdays, you know, we put on party hats, we blow up balloons, we blow out candles, all the different stuff. And so 
Every time we grow a year older, I call it a birthday, and this is our 43rd birthday, and we've been celebrating it for the last couple of days. Today, Saturday, the 29th of August, 2020, we are having the last day of our birthday party. Yes, we've been throwing a birthday party for three days. But if you haven't come in yet, here's your chance. From 10 to 7 today, we are going to have awesome, cool stuff that we do only when our birthday rolls around. And not even every birthday. Sometimes I just get an itch, and I thought with 2020 being crazy as it has been, we're going to throw a birthday party this year and try and lighten everybody's mood and have a good time. So what we've done is we have 43 items that our generous vendors have allowed us discounts on. So we are pushing those discounts back to you at 43% off. 43 items in our store, many of them are best sellers at 43% off today only. Now you've got one more day to get those deals. We are raffling over $1,000 worth of prizes off, uh, full bottles of everything from CBD, in both topical ointments and capsules and liquids. Also, we are raffling off a whole bunch of gift baskets that have $100 or $150 worth of products in them just alone. We are giving away a bunch of stuff. You get a raffle ticket just for coming in. You get another raffle ticket for every one of the 43 items that you decide to buy at 43% off. And we may even throw in a few more raffle tickets for various other reasons, depending on what I come up with today. But regardless, we're doing a lot of fun stuff. We have a whole table of antiviral immune boosters at 50% off, and everything in the store is 20% off with just a few exceptions, and even those exceptions are 10% off. So everything's on sale. We've got a lot of free stuff. The first 100 people get a gift bag. Now, we've already given out uh, quite a few of those on Thursday and Friday, but I think we have at least 50 or 60 of those left for today. So uh, a free gift bag that's full of some organic candy. It's got uh, coupons. It's got free samples of a variety of different things that you maybe have uh, wanted to try, including free samples of CBD and things like that. So a lot of exciting stuff in those gift bags. That's what we're doing. It's our 43rd birthday at Vitality Nutrition. If you cannot make it in in person, Never fear. We have you covered on the phone. Call us at 801-292-6662. We can still enter you into the raffle, so we can still give you the deals uh, over the phone. 801-292-6662. And you can call us uh, anytime today from 10 to 7, and we'll take care of you. If you can make it in, we'd love to see you in person at 107 South, 500 West in Bountiful. Okay, so... uh, As a part of that conversation, but not about my business, I want to bring something up that's kind of occurred to me. Well, heck, I've been thinking about it for years and years and years because I'm a small business owner, but it's come to light in a stronger way during this COVID catastrophe, the lockdown, all the other stuff that's happened, as I have talked to other individual business owners who have really struggled through this. I'm grateful to report to you that while Vitality Nutrition has not had banner months the last several months, we're still here and we'll be here for our 44th birthday unless something really, really bad happens uh, next year. But uh, our plan is to just keep trucking and we'll, we'll do fine with the support of fine people like yourself. However, there are other small businesses who are struggling. Now, some of them are doing very well through this. Uh, Some of them have, uh, their customers have rallied and supported them. And I don't pretend to know the financials of all these different companies. 
But what I have done during this time is what I've recognized even more than I ever recognized before is that it is the independent businesses that need our support in our communities. Now, one of the things that is interesting about independent business that a lot of people don't realize is just how powerful an independent business is for your community. In fact, according to a compilation of 10 different studies, independent, non-franchise businesses put 48% of their money back into the local community versus franchises and chains only putting 14% of their money back into the the, uh, local community. Let that sink in for a minute. That is over three times as much money staying home. If you had a piggy bank for your community, you'd be putting 48% of the money you spend at an independent business back into that bank versus only 14% if it's spent at a franchise or a corporate uh, store such as a Walmart or a Kohl's or a McDonald's or you name it. Any of the big guys, you know who they are. And it's not to say that all of those are evil businesses, but what it is to say is if you want to support your local community, which I believe right now is more important than ever, you want to support those people who are providing jobs to locals who are going to keep their money in the local community, find your independent alternatives to your big mega stores and franchises. I, uh, I implore you to do so. I've been doing that, and I want to give a shout out to just a few of them that I've had excellent success with and service from during this time. Uh, Bowman's Market up in Kaysville. It's a 20-minute drive for me to get from Bountiful to Bowman's to do my grocery shopping. I used to do it in about a five-minute drive. But Bowman's, as a true independent family-owned grocery store, has earned my business. They do excellent uh, work up there. The people are always friendly and kind and shining, and they don't require some of the mandated stuff that's been required at other stores. When I am in Lehigh, which is at least once a week, I go to Myers if I need a few items. They are another local grocer, and I love that little store. I'd only been into it once up until this, and now I've been into it three times in the last month, and it's a great little grocer. They don't have everything that a Walmart has, but they have great stuff, and they have a bunch of a unique stuff that you're not going to find at a place like Walmart. I highly encourage people check into those two shops. Uh, Gordon's Copy Print in Centerville. Now, this is a little bit, uh, or sorry, Bountiful, actually. This is a little bit... What's the word? I've been using them for a long time, and I just love them. Jason over there, who kind of runs the show and does the bigger jobs that I need a lot of times, he does fantastic work. Love Gordon's Copy Print. You probably have a little local uh, print shop near you, and if it is Gordon's, I highly recommend you use them. And then for fun, if you're in Utah County, Nickel City in Orem has been awesome during this time. I love that little place. We have all kinds of fun playing uh, video games for cheap. Even sometimes I'll splurge and uh, me and the kids will get some of their pizza, which, believe it or not, is pretty tasty. So find your local independent store. Learn their history. Ask the owner who else in the family is working there. In my case, it's me and my son and my parents started the place. I actually looked into Bowman's and read through their website and found out how they started. And it was a great story and it made me want to support them even more. I love local independent businesses. I'm a little biased because I have one. I get it, but I think you understand what I'm saying, and I highly recommend you get out in your community and support the businesses that support you. Walmart, Amazon, McDonald's, Starbucks, 
Olive Garden, Kohl's, you get it. They don't need our money right now, not nearly as much as the locals do. So support the local independents. That's what I'm doing. Okay, okay. Time to get on with the show. Last show, I uh, strayed a little bit from my normal path and got a little controversial, heard some positive and some negative feedback from that, very positive from my regular listeners, and I appreciate that. In fact, I got dozens of people uh, shooting me uh, messages, emails, uh, texts, and things like that telling me they thoroughly enjoyed the show, but we even got some complaints. And I'm sorry that I raised the ire of some people, but I must, I feel the need to speak out and speak my mind like I always have in the almost 13 years that Vitality Radio has been on the air. I don't intend to stop doing that. However, this week we are going to take it back to a little bit more of a standard show, which means there will be two parts. I'm going to rant during the first part, of course. And then the second part, I'm going to talk about that next five, which I think you may be very interested in. I often have people who are regular listeners of the show ask me, you know, besides the vital five, what else are you using? What else is important? And uh, for years, I've been kind of adding to this list, tweaking the list. And quite honestly, I've got four locked down. The fifth one is still an open slot. It's there's a few things debating or uh, fighting for that position. But I'm going to introduce that to you, and then I'm going to get into some detail on future shows on each one of those individual items and uh, help you understand why I think they're so important. But before we go any further, it's time for the Vital Rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. Okay, what is the rant about today? It is about superbugs. What is a superbug? Well, there's a whole bunch of them. I'll mention some that maybe you've heard of. MRSA, that's M-R-S-A, I bet you've heard of that one. C. diff, that's probably one you've heard of or maybe have a friend or a neighbor or hopefully not yourself that's gone through it. C-R-E, V-R-E, there are many others, most of which most of us have never heard of. But these superbugs are resistant strains, usually of bacteria, but sometimes fungus or other things that as we have tried to kill them over and over again, they have mutated like a uh, X-Man mutant to become something much, much stronger and much more difficult to kill. And the first line, second line, third line antibiotics sometimes cannot kill them anymore. These superbugs are a big deal. Let's talk about the numbers. 700 thousand people die annually. It is estimated of illnesses caused by these superbugs. Interestingly, that is almost as many people who are estimated to have died from coronavirus this year. So in terms of scale, it's very similar. But get this, at the current rate of growth of cases and deaths from superbugs, by 2015, there will be 50 million deaths per year worldwide. That's 50 million deaths 
per year worldwide if we don't do something to stop the superbug pandemic. Those numbers are according to a study published in 2018 in the Lancet Medical Journal. So what are superbugs? Why do we have them? Oh, and one really important question I have is, why is something that is killing at a similar rate to COVID-19, but not just this year, every year, and growing at an alarming rate, why is that not dominating the headlines and shutting down the world like COVID has? I aim to answer all three of those questions. First, what are they? A superbug is a bug, usually a bacteria, but not always, that has become antibiotic or treatment resistant. This means that the antibiotic or other drug treatments that were considered the go-to for this type of infection can no longer kill it in many cases. Take MRSA, for instance. The CDC estimates that more than 80,000 aggressive MRSA infections and 11,000 related deaths occur each year in the United States alone. Now think about that. 80,000 aggressive MRSA infections and 11,000 of those people die. That is almost a 14% casualty rate, far higher than any virus, including COVID-19. Second, why do we have superbugs? Well, everyone knows the answer, but for some reason, it's almost all talk and no action from the experts. The primary culprit is regularly prescribed antibiotics, 90% plus of which are prescribed when there are better options. In fact, by the CDC's own numbers, 85% of sinus infections are from viral or fungal causes as opposed to bacterial. And yet 85% of people who will go into the doctor with a sinus infection will leave with an antibiotic. And then seven to 10 days later, when they don't have a sinus infection anymore, they think the antibiotic killed the infection. But in reality, we know that an average sinus infection clears itself in seven to 10 days, which just happens to be the same amount of time you're going to be on that antibiotic and makes you think in your head, hey, it was the sinus infection that must have been bacterial because the antibiotic killed it. But in reality, if it was viral, it would have gone away in that amount of time more often than not anyway. These are not numbers that I created. These are numbers that are coming out from the CDC about sinus infections. So why are doctors prescribing an antibiotic 85% of, time of the time for a sinus infection? Well, partly it's because they're pressured into it by their patients. Please don't pressure your doctor to give you a prescription. That is the wrong way to do this. Second, it's what they've always done. It's the easy way out, and most patients are going to be happy with that prescription. But it has to stop, and the World Health Organization, Health Canada, CDC, and just about every other government health agency is talking about this and talking to doctors and sending out reports and requests saying to doctors, do not prescribe antibiotics for things that you can use, that time will kill on its own. Uh, or you can use other alternatives because we are creating a monster, or in this case, with superbugs, monsters. And yet, prescribing for antibiotics is really not going down much at all. Now, I've discussed this on multiple occasions on Vitality Radio, just how easy it is to treat nearly every mild infection with natural means. As proof of this, I have four children, and between me and the four of them, we have used a grand total of five antibiotics between us ever. 
I personally have been on one in 48 years on this planet. Some people might say, well, that's just lucky you haven't had a lot of infections. I've had plenty of infections. I've had strep throat. I've had eye infections. I've had sinus infections. I've had infections in my lungs. I've had, I get sick. People get sick. It's part of health. Did you hear me say that? It's part of health. The way we get healthier is by getting sick, our body learning how to defeat that virus, that bacteria, that fungus, and get well again. That is how our bodies were designed. And yet antibiotics, which I believe 100% are life-changing and life-saving in many, many cases, are being used for things that aren't life-threatening in most cases. And yes, sinus infections are miserable. I've never had one of these, but urinary tract infections are miserable. And they can lead to worse things like kidney infections. And we do have to be cautious with those things. And we don't just ignore them. But if I've been able to raise a family to 22, 23 years old and 21 years old and 11 years old and almost eight years old, if I've been able to raise a family like that on five antibiotics ever, and I will tell you right now, and this is 100% true, two of those antibiotics yeah, I caved about 20 years ago when my uh, my little guy was younger and was uh, struggling with croup. And my ex-wife was terrified and wanted to use an antibiotic. So he got a couple of them. I wouldn't do that now. I know better. And I know how to take care of that naturally. The point is, if you know how, you can do better. And so it is up to you to learn how to fight these kinds of things. It's a big, big deal. Because what's happening is these antibiotics are killing infections in some cases or not doing anything in the case of a viral infection where an antibiotic was prescribed. They're just killing off your own good bacteria, making you weaker and more susceptible to illness. And then they are killing bacteria that are becoming stronger and mutating and literally becoming like these little X-Men superbugs that are really, really hard to kill. And in the case of just MRSA alone, 11,000 people in America every year, it's estimated, and we don't really know what the true numbers are because it's not reported as well as it should be, but somewhere between about 23,000 and 30,000 Americans every year dying from these superbugs directly. In some cases, people die of complications from the superbugs, and it doesn't necessarily get documented as a superbug as the original cause. But as I said, nationwide, or sorry, worldwide, it's 700,000 people a year. And it is believed that in the next 30 years, that number will climb to 50 million if we don't put a stop to it. What's another culprit? Well, the U.S. beef and pork industry themselves are two of the largest sources of unnecessary antibiotic use in America. More medically important antibiotics are sold for use in raising pigs and cattle than are sold for treating sick people. In fact, 50% more. These medicines are routinely and intensively fed to herds of pigs and cows, not to treat diagnosed illnesses but ostensibly to ward off future problems that may be created by crowded, 
unsanitary conditions under which these animals are being raised. In fact, the last numbers that I read say that 70% of antibiotics used in America are given to animals that we then eat, and those antibiotics are often found in their meat, which means we're getting them uh, from a secondary source, meaning that even though I said that I've only used, opted to use five antibiotics in me and my children over the last 48 years, all of us have been exposed to antibiotics from other sources that we may not have even been thinking about in our food. And the big third, or sorry, I want to mention this, and I didn't put it in my notes, and I knew I was forgetting something, so here it is. Monsanto has been spraying our crops, these genetically modified crops and other crops, with Roundup for all these years, including using spray on oats right before they're harvested. And we now know and have known for about the last, well, I've known for about the last three years, but it was known even before that, before I discovered it, that Roundup or the primary chemical in Roundup that's used in all of these sprays that these crop dusters are literally dusting all over our food is a natural, or sorry, a synthetic human antibiotic. So when you're eating non-organic food, that has been sprayed by this stuff, if you're using it in your yard, you're giving yourself a dose of antibiotics every single time. You can see how this is becoming a real, real problem. The last big one, and the one that I want to actually focus on today, though, the third big cause of antibiotic-resistant superbugs are disinfectant wipes, disinfectant sprays, antibacterial soaps, and hand sanitizers. Oh, crap. Didn't we just have a worldwide shortage of all these things? Yep. In our rush to kill a virus, we are speeding the creation of more superbugs that are far more deadly. And I promise this isn't Mr. Vitality Nutrition Health Shop guy, my opinion alone. Listen to what Canadian health experts are saying about COVID and superbugs. Microbiologists in Canada, say antimicrobial resistant organisms or superbugs are a pandemic on the same scale as COVID-19, though it will play out on a much longer timeline. In fact, Canada's numbers are similar to the world numbers, with COVID not outpacing superbug deaths by a substantial amount, especially considering that COVID deaths are being overreported and superbug deaths are being underreported, according to experts. Dr. Lori Burroughs in Canada said the following, we've been committing, or, yeah, committing to using antimicrobials responsibly, she told a committee. As you know, though, right now there is a surge on hand sanitizer, which is not helpful in terms of the work that we're going to reduce, that we're doing to reduce the use of things that contribute to the growth of antimicrobials. So, there are dozens of articles. As I was researching this, I found one after another raising questions about the overuse of disinfectants, antibiotics, and hand sanitizers due to the fear of bacteria and viruses killing us. And this may be the worst of all of the collateral damage of the COVID-19 scare, and that is that we have been using as a populace worldwide and in some cases, governments have been spraying disinfectants on the streets and on the surfaces all over parks. And if you go to these places 
of business, they're feeling the need to spray everything that anyone has touched over and over and over again. And maybe you're wiping all of your canned food that comes from the grocery store with these disinfectant wipes. In fact, 50% of people in America, well, 50% of homes in America apparently use these disinfectant wipes on a regular basis. And it is these types of things, along with the antibiotics that are being used in meat and cattle, and well, I said meat, so that covers cattle, (laughs) but also uh, coming through milk in cattle as well, and pigs and chickens and turkeys and a variety of other animals. And it's the Roundup that you might be choosing to spray in your yard, but is definitely being sprayed on our crops at massive quantities, megatons being used every year. All of these things combine to create these superbugs that are extremely difficult to kill. And now medicine is rushing, literally, to try and find bigger and badder antibiotics to keep killing these superbugs. But as we find bigger and badder antibiotics, we will create bigger and badder bugs. That is not the fix. So why isn't all of this front page news? Why is it that prior to COVID coming out, you know, let's say 2019, when everything was quote unquote normal, why weren't you seeing this on Fox and CNN and all over Twitter and all over Facebook and all over YouTube? I'm not trying to lessen the need for reporting on COVID-19 by saying, well, this is so much worse. What I'm saying is, why didn't anybody hear about it before? If you're not digging into it and looking for these articles, odds are you haven't seen them. And if you have seen them, it's been very sporadic. And yet we're talking about something that killed 700,000 people in 2018 worldwide and will kill 50 million people every single year worldwide by 2050 if something drastic doesn't change. Now, there are a couple of things that I find very encouraging about this, and I'm going to share those at the end. But the thing that I think is the most empowering here, and the reason I'm not trying in any way to preach fear, is that you have control. You have almost total control of whether or not you get yourself exposed to a superbug. You have control over whether or not you contribute to the problem. I'm going to talk about that at the end. But there are questions that need to be answered about this. Before COVID stole all the headlines, why weren't superbugs being talked about? Well, here are the reasons that I believe that's the case. 75% of all superbug infections occur in hospitals and clinics. That is common knowledge among the healthcare community but it doesn't get to the headlines often. And I have some suspicions as to why that might be. Well, who wants to go to a hospital or a health clinic if they have a risk of a really gnarly infection that kills such a high percentage of people that get it? Is it possible that mothers might reconsider that as being the safest place to have a baby? Because you have a brand new infant being brought into the world, a mother very exposed as she's delivering that infant, open to these superbugs that are marching through our hospitals in America. 
maybe people would think twice about going in, and maybe they should. The solution to superbugs would cost three industries billions of dollars. The disinfectant industry, for one. Did you know that Clorox wipes are used in over 50% of U.S. households, and that's just Clorox brand? I mentioned wipes in general before, but we also have Lysol wipes. We have the no-name wipes from Walmart and Costco. A very high percentage of American homes are using these on a regular basis. No, please, no. No, they don't need to be used on a regular basis. We have to hearken back to the times of your, your parents' time, your grandparents' time, when we didn't have these things. We didn't have Lysol sprayed all over the place. We didn't have bleach being used on everything. We did have bleach. But other than that, there weren't these disinfecting wipes and people weren't dying on a regular basis, just dropping dead from food poisoning and every other thing. Yes, back before plumbing, we had a lot more death due to these types of infections. But in the modern world, we don't need to be so sterile. We don't need to be so clean. I know that sounds so strange, especially right now with COVID-19. But we have to recognize that killing everything before it kills us is not the right approach. It's not how nature was intended. It's not how the good Lord designed things. We must remember a few things here. Now, there are things like chicken juice on your counter that you want, don't want to not clean up correctly. Okay, I get it. Not that radical. But most of the time, if we're just choosing to use a wipe because it's safe, or, or sorry, it's not safe because it's convenient, no, 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 no. There's something called an e-cloth. If you haven't looked into it, look into it. It's amazing. And they take away 99.9% of bacteria without killing it, without creating more superbugs. They clean better anyway. It's all I use in my house. But we have to recognize what we're doing. We are creating damage. It's a delicate balance. All of these bacteria are here. And I believe they're here for our good. Viruses as well. We found uh, some of the newer evidence is fascinating about getting childhood illnesses such as measles and how that may actually prevent cancer in the long run in some people. Can you believe that? But we've become terrified of so many things that we just run away, we hide, or we spray until it dies. We need to stop doing that. So. I mentioned that disinfectant industry doesn't want us to stop using their wipes and sprays. Of course they don't. How about the pharmaceutical companies and hospitals? Selling less antibiotics means less money made. Having less antibiotic-resistant secondary infections to treat means less money made. And the big food companies, the food producers of this nation and the world rely heavily on antibiotics and pesticides such as glyphosate or Roundup to produce their food in the most cost-effective way possible. This includes meat, grain, fruit, veggies, 
All of the people who grow these things, all the major corporations who grow these things. After all, Roundup is a known human antibiotic and a known human carcinogen. And yet it's being sprayed on our crops in America by the metric ton. Do you think they want that to stop? No. So of course these things aren't hitting the major headlines, but they need to. We need to recognize that every time that Roundup is used, every time an antibiotic is used, whether it's for a life-saving purpose or a purpose that it should not have been used for, every time an antimicrobial soap or antibacterial soap is used, every time a Clorox wipe is used, every time that we kill a bug, whether it needed to be killed or not, we run the risk of creating a stronger superbug. And that's just the truth. And it's a problem. So I believe that the reason that this isn't big news is because there's other ways that the news can be used to generate money. And unfortunately, it's the world we live in today. So we have to recognize We have to recognize that it is up to us. So in a future show, very soon, probably within the next month, I'm going to talk in detail about how we can take that power back, how you can fight infections naturally, how you can clean your home naturally, how you can kill your weeds naturally without the use of things that will eventually make bugs that can kill you. In the meantime, a couple of quick tips. I mentioned e-cloth. I am an avid fan of e-cloth. Perhaps you've heard of Norwex. I love Norwex too. I personally prefer e-cloth. It's less expensive. It does the same job. But either way, if you're using Norwex, you have my blessing. E-cloth, they're amazing. These are, for you who are unaware, they're wash. Uh, they're cleaning cloths. You can clean everything from your windows to your stovetops, to your countertops, to your stainless steel appliances, to your car with e-cloth without the use of chemicals, and they work incredibly well. Also, learn about natural antibiotics, nature's antibiotics, antivirals and antifungals, things like colloidal silver, oregano oil, olive leaf, And the key things that keep our immune systems healthy, such as vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin A, zinc, things that are not being mentioned in this fight against coronavirus that should be mentioned, but they're being censored instead. We have to recognize that we were given a tremendous amount of tools by God himself to maintain the balance that we need to maintain here in nature and to build our immune systems up. And also, when you're just doing something as simple as cleaning your hands, warm water and soap for 20 seconds, as they say, is that's true. That works great. It works just as well as antibacterial soaps and even better than hand sanitizer, which is often used incorrectly. Those are three really simple things you can do. Also, buy organic. I know it costs more money. I know it does. I get it. And right now that's hard. A lot of people are struggling financially. But whenever you get the opportunity, buy organic. If you're buying veggies and fruits, 
that are not organic, wash them. Wash them very, very well. Get as much of that stuff off of them as you possibly can. You will preserve your health and the health of your family better by doing that. Um, As I said, in fact, I'm going to do it next week. There's your commitment. I'll focus on what you can do to rid your home and your body of these dangerous antibacterial items in your food supply, in your cleaning products, and in your health care. That'll be next week. I'm going to cut to a break. When I come back, I'm going to talk about the next five. You've heard of my vital five, the five things that I say everybody in America would benefit from in terms of supplementation because we just don't get enough in our food. Next is the next five. These are, in many cases, not nutrients that we require, but things that have far-reaching benefits that I think most people listening today will benefit from. I'm going to talk about that when I come back. This is Jared St. Clair, and you're listening to Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is, that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Okay, welcome back to Vitality Radio. I am Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you again on the Vitality Radio Show and the Vitality Radio Podcast. Okay, I got about 15 minutes left. And before I get into the final topic, I think this is important. I think it's really important. A lot of people are taking on the endeavor of homeschooling with all the craziness going on with schools right now. And whether you are or you are not, if you are a parent, I want to share something with you that I think has real, real value. This was shared with me by, of all people, my ex-wife, actually, who is homeschooling our children. Thank goodness, because she's so good at it. And the kids have learned and grown so much. I'm so grateful to her for that. This was something she pulled off of Facebook, so I don't know who to credit to exactly, but it says, in 2006, a high school English teacher asked students to write a famous author and ask for advice. Kurt Vonnegut was the only one to respond, and his response is magnificent. Dear Xavier High School and Miss Lockwood, I thank you for your friendly letters. You sure know how to cheer up a really old geezer. 
84 years old and in his sunset years. I don't make public appearances anymore because I now resemble nothing so much as an iguana. What I had to say to you, moreover, would not take long. To wit, practice any art, music, singing, dancing, acting, drawing, painting, sculpting, poetry, fiction, essays, no matter how well or badly. Not to get money and fame, but to experience becoming, to find out what's inside you, to make your soul grow. Seriously, I mean starting right now, do art and do it for the rest of your lives. Draw a funny or nice picture of Miss Lockwood and give it to her. Dance home after school and sing in the shower and on and on. Make a face in your mashed potatoes. Pretend you're Count Dracula. Here's an assignment for tonight, and I love this. I hope Miss Lockwood will flunk you if you don't do this assignment. Write a six-line poem about anything, but rhymed. Make it as good as you possibly can, but don't tell anybody what you're doing. Don't show it or recite it to anyone, not even your girlfriend or your parents or whatever, or Miss Lockwood, okay? Tear it up into teeny, teeny pieces and discard them into widely separated trash receptacles. You will find that you have already been gloriously rewarded for your poem. You have experienced becoming. You've learned a lot more about what's inside of you, and you have made your soul grow. There is so much value in those words. I absolutely love them. I think it's important to understand that being good at something, being good at something isn't why we do stuff necessarily. At some point, I hope we all become good at something. (laughs) I think that's important for sure. But how do we know? How do we know what's inside our soul until we try different things? I'm going to share one more thing that was written uh, on Facebook here that I also loved. When I was 15, I spent a month working on an archaeological dig. I was talking to one of the archaeologists one day during our lunch break, and he asked those kind of getting-to-know-you questions that you ask young people. He said, do you play sports? What's your favorite subject? And I told him, no, I don't play sports. I do theater. I'm in choir. I play violin and piano. I used to take art classes. And he just went, wow, that's amazing. And I said, oh, no, it's, it's not. I'm, I'm not that good at any of them. And he said something then that I will never forget and which absolutely blew my mind because no one had ever said anything like it to me before. He said, I don't think being good at things is the point of doing them. I think you've got all these wonderful experiences with different skills, and that all teaches you things and makes you an interesting person, no matter how well you do those things. And that honestly changed my life because I went from a failure someone who hadn't been talented enough at anything to excel, to someone who did things simply because I enjoyed doing them. I had been raised in such an achievement-oriented environment, so inundated with the myth of talent, that I thought it was only worth doing things if I could win at them. So this is what I'm saying to parents and grandparents, and if you're younger listening, I'm saying it to you. Children need to learn how to just do stuff, not necessarily to be good at it, but just to try it out. 
martial arts, basketball, join a musical, join a dance group, join the chess club. I don't care what it is. If it's outside your comfort zone, it's probably even better. But go and do. Learn. You might hate it, and that's fine. Because if you do, it must not be for you. You might love it. Climb a mountain. Do something. Try new things. If it makes you uncomfortable, that is awesome. Because it's never been, ever, designed to be about what other people think. I remember I held myself back so much as a young man because I didn't want to do anything that made me look foolish. It happens to us as adults too, let's face it. But eventually, if we're going to find our true selves, our true identity, really understand what makes us tick, what gives us that spark of life, we've got to try new things and do them. And as we do, we learn and we grow so much. I remember just on a family vacation about a year ago, I saw millions of bats come out of the cave at Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico at dusk. Now, I was mildly intrigued. I've been to a lot of caves and caves are cool. I like caves. Carlsbad Caverns are really, really cool. But it was like not that high on my list. But, and it wasn't convenient. It took a long time to get there. And I didn't even know about the bats. When I got there, I saw the bats. I saw hundreds of thousands of bats all at once coming out of this cave until millions of bats had come out of the cave. And it just lasted for, I don't know, I think it was close to an hour. We sat there just looking at the bats. And it blew my mind. It was awesome. I had no idea it would be one of the most awe-inspiring moments of my life because I just didn't know. Just recently, I saw Devil's Tower. I thought it was just a rock, and it was way more awesome than that. I saw God in that rock. I don't know how to explain that, but you should go try it out. It's funny to find God in a rock called Devil's Tower, but it was awesome. And I'm so thankful to people in my life who push me into these places and say, hey, you should do this. You should see this. Even if I'm like, yeah, really? Come on. There's got to be better stuff. Because as I do, oftentimes it is inspiring and it changes who I am in some way. Oftentimes small ways, but sometimes very, very profound ways. So go and do. Try new things. Do things that make you uncomfortable. Sing at the top of your lungs, dance into a jig at the stoplight, and who cares what the person next to you thinks is going on in your car? Life is here to be enjoyed, to be experienced, to find love and balance. And we have to do things that we think we're not going to be good at. We have to see things that we think maybe we don't care if we see that much. In order to know, you have to do. And I highly encourage parents and grandparents to highly encourage their children to do those things. Because I find that as I do it with my children, 
there is a big payoff. Absolutely. Okay, so I've got this topic I mentioned at the beginning, the next five. I don't have a lot of time and I knew I wouldn't. So this is an introduction, okay? The next five are five things that I think have incredible value. And over the next, I'm going to guess probably eight weeks, roughly, on Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio podcast, I'll bring an episode on each of them to you. So this is just a little primer. If you want to start digging around and researching it yourself, if you're into that sort of thing, the next five supplements that I think have major value for most people listening, vitamin C. Now, I did a pretty big show on vitamin C, but I put primary focus on COVID when I did it uh, a few months ago. So this one will be more general about what vitamin C does for the human body. Berberine. Oh my gosh. This is something I discovered just myself this month or this year, and it is amazing. I'll get into that in more detail. Turmeric. Turmeric is was has always been my sixth item on my Vital 5. Anti-inflammatory is such a critical thing. We are so inflamed in this nation, and 85% of disease in America is an inflammatory condition. We have to take that seriously, and turmeric is one of the best ways we can do that. A product called NO Cardio Boost, uh, but basically it's about nitric oxide. So I'm going to say nitric oxide is the category. Cardio Boost is my favorite product within that category. It basically exercises the cardiovascular system for us, and it's amazing. A guy named Dr. Ignaro won the Nobel Prize for Medicine all the way back in 1994 for his discovery of nitric oxide. It was that profound, big deal. And then the the fifth of the next five might be selenium, could maybe be mushrooms, or maybe it's CBD. I don't know yet. I'll decide, and I'll let you know. Hey, I appreciate you listening to me. Thank you so much. I know that oftentimes what I bring to these airwaves is controversial. I know it doesn't always set well with you and sometimes rubs you the wrong way. All I ask is that you listen with an open mind and then go debunk it if you think it needs to be debunked. I have no problem with that. I've never asked anybody to take my word for anything. I have very strong opinions but they are opinions that I believe are well-founded. I've done my research and I have a strong belief in the things that I say. And I appreciate you listening to me, giving me a minute with your ears. I'm going to leave you with this. This is from my almost eight-year-old son who is being homeschooled. As I mentioned, I talked about writing a poem. Well, he wrote a poem this week. I like to build with Lego, all sorts of trucks and boats and cars. Sometimes I also eat mango and I never go to bars. We always have to try new things. I don't know if he's a poet or not, but I'm glad he's giving it a shot. Hey, how about that? Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham, with very limited help from Jared. 
Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.